Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the happy scientist podcast each episode is designed to make you more focused more productive and more satisfied in the lab you can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist your hosts are kenneth vote founder of the executive coaching firm vera claritas and dr nick oswald phd bioscientist and founder of bite size bio And welcome to the Happy Scientist podcast from Bite Size Bio. If you want to become a happier, healthier, and more productive scientist, you are in the right place. I'm Nick Oswald, the founder of BitesizeBio.com, and with me is the driving force of this podcast, Mr. Kenneth Vogt. I've worked with Ken now for over seven years, with him as my business mentor and colleague, and I knew that his expertise could help scientists, and that's why we're here. In these sessions, we'll hear mostly from Ken on principles that will help shape you for a happier and more successful career. Along the way, I'll pitch in with points from my personal experience as a scientist and from working with Ken. Today, we will be discussing the siren song of control. Okay, Ken, let's hear about it. (laughs) Okay. So, I know many of you out there have this fantasy. If only I could just control everything. If I could control everything... I could stop all the stupid stuff that's happening and all the, I could, I could repair all the, the problems and I could get rid of all the laziness and we could get something done around here. <laughs> that is the dream, at least for many people. And here's the thing, that fantasy never works out. <laughs> you never actually get that kind of total control. It never happens. And so you got to ask yourself, What is it that you imagined that control would get you? Now, you may not like it the way it is without you having total control, but is total control actually going to change anything for the better? That's the question you got to answer. I submit to you that not only won't it get better, it'll get worse, and that you need a fantasy upgrade. If we're going to dream about things, This is not the one you should be dreaming about. You can do better. Now, right off the top, we can see some real problems with being controlling. That is, of having to have have everything done your way. First off, control inhibits discovery. It means any time something new becomes available that you don't know about, well, it can't be there because you have to be in control. You've decided, you've already decided how it's going to be. You've already set all of the barriers and all of the boundaries. And that way there's no openness for, hey, have we thought about this? Or what about doing something in this new way? It gets in the way of a lot of stuff. One thing you have to, to think about, especially in, <laughs> in the business of science, is that you're, you're in it to get results. Now, now I know we've talked in the past, you, you, 
And Nick has got very strong feelings about how how it's not just about results, but results are an important part of, of what you do. And results are more important than the methods you use to get those results. Now, I realize that some of you have a little little alarm going off of like, whoa, 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 that sounds like the end justifies the means. And that's not what I mean. You know, you, you still have to be ethical about what you do. But if you are so fixated and we have to do it this way, the method matters rather than the result. And even if you're not targeting a specific result, you are targeting getting a true result. You do care that the outcome is valid. And the outcome is far more important than the method that got you to the outcome. And often there are easier ways, faster ways, less expensive ways, less um, you know, personnel intensive ways or equipment intensive ways to get a result. Well, you don't want to cut yourself off from that just because we've always done it this way or I have a favored way. You want to give yourself some options. Having control will actually cut you off from options. Or having total control, that is. Another thing is people often want control because they think that's how I'll get credit for what's going on. But honestly, credit is overrated. You're not going to... You're not going to succeed in your career if your total focus is constantly about getting attention on me. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. People will stop helping you. They don't want to be a part of that. They don't want to have credit stolen from them. And I don't just mean taken from them because sometimes, you know, there's a setting and somebody's going to get credit and others aren't. And that's fine. And we all have been in those situations where we realize, look, I wasn't the star in this situation. I just helped. And so let the person who really, really put in the work get, get the credit. Humility, in a case like that, actually pays dividends. It gets other people interested in helping you because you help them. Now, I realize there are some people, it doesn't matter how much you help them, they'll never help you. But honestly, if we look around, that's not the case to most of our colleagues. Most of our colleagues, if we're good to them, they're going to reciprocate. And that can really matter. Because sometimes, not only do you need their support, you might need their protection. Uh, maybe in, you know, when, when it comes down to it, to have somebody have your back or have a group of people have your back is far better than you have had, having total control over things. So instead of trying to have control of everything, think about this. What if you built up others? What if you created supporters? What if you allowed them to offer you protection? What you get out of that is, is, is an implied power. You're somebody that people care about and see, people want to, to raise up and people want to go to. Now you become the expert that can be relied upon. Now you become the go-to person. Being the, being the go-to person is the fantasy of all the control freaks out there. It's, uh, but they don't. You're not going to get it by demanding that you have total control over everything. You will get that that implied power from supporting others and from being a leader rather than just um, you know a jail warden. So um, there's some there's some other things too that that uh, that pop up here like. Um, 
a downside of attempting to control others, it, that others will react to that negatively. You'll get resentment back from them. Sometimes it'll go so far as to get revulsion from them. And at the end of the day, it might turn into a counterattack. It's like, you try to push control them, oh yeah, watch this, I'm gonna control you. Now there's the nightmare for the person that is seeking control all the time. Now I, I wanna be clear here, I'm not saying that you're a bad person that you wanna be in control of things. Things being out of control is understandably bad. Uh, it's not good for anyone if there's chaos all the time. And uh, in, in your field, what you are doing is you are, you are carving out a little, a little microcosm of non-chaos. You're, you're stepping away from, from the, the chaotic mass and saying, here's something orderly that makes sense. Here's something that, that we can learn. Here's something that we can use that's stable and reliable and we can count on. And, and those, are, you know, those are great things. That's what you want out of this. So whether it's, it's control of an experiment, and I mean just it's you and, you and your equipment and, and, and your organism, or it's control of a, of a situation where you have a whole staff of people working on something, the way to approach that is not to be that person who's got their knee on everyone's neck, but is to be the person that is helpful and supportive and is willing to share credit and is willing, in fact, to give credit to people when, when they stand out. Another downside of being controlling is what it does to all your finite resources. It sucks energy. It sucks energy out of you. It sucks energy out of other people. It hurts your team. It hurts your, you know, you, everyone that you're working with. It takes time to be controlling. Boy, controlling is, being controlling is so time consuming. You have to keep monitoring and re-monitoring and re-monitoring. You can't trust any system and you gotta, you can't trust any people. So you're constantly going back over everything. It takes way too much time. And finally, it takes brain cycles. You will wear yourself out trying to control everything. It, you can't be creative. You can't be, um, you can't be effective if you are taking a finite resource, which is your own mind, and limiting it to how much of it is available to actually do productive work and is instead locked in these constant cycles of looking back to see that it's in control, to see that it's in control, see that it's in control. And if it isn't clear already, all of that attempt to control is creating stress. Stress for you, stress for others. Now, I know for some folks, the notion of stress for others is something I would, I, I would love to give some consideration to that. Except I'm too worried about my own stress. <laughs> so think about it. Even if you only thought about your own stress, you'd realize how much of a problem it is. If you get past that, if you get to where you've, you've opened up enough, enough empathy in your heart to think about others, you're going to realize, oh man, I'm creating a mess. And you might think, well, what's the harm? You know, somebody's got to be in charge. Well, <laughs> as, as we've detailed here, it can do a great deal of harm. It, it'll, it'll suck up resources. It, it will take away from other people. It'll, and you're going to be miserably unhappy with it. And it's not going to help you advance in your career. People won't like working with someone like that. You know, it's, it's just going to be a hard time for everyone. So I'll, I'll pause here for a minute before I talk about 
some solutions to this, but do you have anything else you'd like to say about the about the problems that control creates, Nick? Sure, yeah. So, I mean, from my perspective, um, being in control means that you think you know what is best and what the, the best outcome could be. And so you try to you try to force that to happen. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Yeah. And so so the real so two areas that you talked about there where that um, that applies for scientists are uh, one in um, in their experiments you know experiments that they do it's that classic thing of again I've talked talked about it many times about uh, you want to get a result because you think that that will be the you know that's that's what you expect or it'll fit best with the theory that you have or something like that and there is a you know it's not the way to do science but that is the way that you know there's a prevailing trend to in quotes get results and it's in the brain that that's how it should be done if you but if you if you do that then you then you you risk um biasing the experiment towards the outcome that you uh, that you want rather than just allowing it to see what would happen or you make assumptions from the result from the data that you get and you miss something so and you know that cared about this part of it <laughs> and I, I, I mean there are countless examples through the history of science where people have gotten results that they didn't expect and so and they didn't uh, and but they took the time to allow to, to allow that to to be themselves to be aware of that and then to figure out what that meant and and then act on it. Um, if Alexander Fleming had um, picked out those uh, petri dishes um, and saw the you know the result that led to the um, the uh, the discovery of penicillin, and he just thought, well, that's weird. That's not what I expected, and threw it away. Then he um, then you know the world would be a different place. Maybe somebody else would have would have uh, invented it but that he would not have made that discovery and it's having the openness to and the what's the word the the detachment to uh, do you take control of asking the question properly you know setting up the experiment so it's rigorous scientifically rigorous and it is um it, it will it's technically correct and then you let the experiment tell you what the answer is sure. and 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 you're opening and that that that's one example of, uh, for me, that's a prime example of um, in science uh, where, where scientists need to give up control. Um, and a lot, there, again, there's a tendency not to, so it's a pressing need. It's, it's, because there's such pressure to get results, people tend not to do that, and it's a pressing need in science for that to be addressed, I think. The other thing you mentioned is about controlling other people. Again, if you are, if you're, you know, we see this all the time in, in the lab, well, I did anyway, you know, you have a PI who, a supervisor who tries to um, control his staff and make them do, or his underlings and trying uh, to make them work in a specific way. Well, what he risks is, uh, as you said, it not only causes stress for him and the other person uh, and the people under him because he has to make them do what you know something that's against the grain for them or work in a way that's against the grain for them. What you're also missing out is allowing people to express themselves. And to and to to allow their genius to come into play, you know, their abilities to come into play. Um, if you just kind of make them into battery hens instead of free range, um, <laughs> then uh, you know, and you see that a lot. So uh, to, for me, that's two ways um, that uh, science is 
is is hampered actually by um, by people wanting too much control, um, and on a personal level, uh, um, you know that kind of that kind of tightness, that kind of trying to make things in a certain way. Again, it goes back to what the foundation of this podcast is. It makes things less enjoyable, and it makes things less productive, and it means that you um, you know you make less progress. Sure. So <clears throat> here we are. We've been beating on poor control, but I know that some of you are still thinking. You know, uh, that's all sounds well and good, but the fact is, there's some benefits to control, and, and it and there's some necessity for control. We in fact speak of there being controls on experiments. Am I supposed to not do that anymore? Well, of course not, and we're not trying to take that away. Well, so let me give you a substitute and of something that is far better. And it's, it has all the benefits of control, but it doesn't have all of these terrible downsides. And that is take charge rather than take control. Now you may look at that and go, that's just a synonym, means the same thing, but it doesn't mean the same thing. So uh, I'll use the example of, of a boat. If you have a boat and you're trying to be in control, well, here's the best way to be in control with a boat. Don't put it in the water. <laughs> you can control it completely. Can't do anything. It just, it'll just sit there. However, if you take charge of a boat, well, how do you take charge of a boat? Well, you use a rudder. That's it. You use that rudder. The, the rudder will help move the boat. And you'll recognize you're in a boat that's going down a river. I'm not fighting the current. I'm using the current. Now, sometimes, let's say, if I want to go upstream against a current, well, I, you know, I still need my rudder because the stream is going to keep pushing me away. But I'm going to have to expend a lot of energy to go up the stream. Whereas if I'm going to travel down the stream with a rudder, I have a, if I, then I can take charge of this boat and I can go all over the place and I have many options. Whereas if I'm demanding control and yet I put my boat in a river, I can't. It can't stay anywhere easily. Everything's going to be fighting it all the time. So it, this, it's just a mind shift of recognizing there's a way to do this without putting the clamps on so tight. One of the things that happens with, with control, too, is it's, it's telling you something about yourself. When you're just aching to be in control, it's coveting. Coveting. And why would you do that? Why would you covet control? Why wouldn't you wish? Why would you wish, oh, I just wish I could just have control over everybody here and everything around here? Well, it can be an effort to avoid responsibility. You know, taking charge means taking responsibility, both for the good and for the bad. Somebody that's trying to control everything all the time, what are they trying to do? They're trying to avoid bad outcomes, but not because they care about the bad outcome, but because of how the bad outcome impacts them, how it makes them look, how it will impact their opportunities for, for growth or you know, career advancement. It's not taking charge allows you to have both the good and the bad happen. A person who takes charge of something that went wrong earns respect 
they they earn trust. Somebody that is constantly trying to control everything so nothing ever goes wrong that I get blamed for, they're not going to get that kind of of uh, stature. I'm sure we've all been in situations where something went horribly wrong, you know, and you know something big, and we watch someone step up and say, "That was on my watch. I I I accept responsibility for this." And don't you don't you have your respect for that person go up? You're watching everybody else scrambling for cover and trying to find a way to blame somebody else, and somebody goes, "This is me." I did this. I made this mistake. I dropped the ball there. It won't happen again. This is what I've learned from it. And this is how we're going to go forward. Now, whether that's somebody who is a peer or somebody who is an underling or someone who was a superior, especially in superiors, boy, you want to see that. I want to know I can trust this guy or this, this, this gal to take care of things. Nothing's going to go perfect in his world. Things are going to go wrong sometimes. There are going to be mistakes. I need to know there's somebody there taking charge, even when things go bad. Th- that is a stature builder. That, is, that gives you one of the things that somebody who, who is aching for control really wants. It's just that control doesn't get him there. Um, the other thing about this idea of, of gaining control is that it doesn't absolve you from the bad. You can't afterward, because things will still go wrong, even if you took total control. It doesn't let you off the hook now. Well, well, I did everything I was supposed to. I followed the protocol perfectly, and I made everybody else follow the protocol perfectly. Yeah, but it, something went wrong. Some, somebody has got to accept responsibility for that. And if you're in denial of responsibility, if you're saying, I don't have any responsibility, I'm not responsible for anything here. Well, okay, then we're not going to put you in, in, in charge of anything. We're not going to give you responsibility. You don't like responsibility. You don't want responsibility. Well, that's not much of a career advancer. And, and frankly, it's more fun when you're responsible for things. When you have more sway over what's going on, that's, that's where the real juice is in this. Now, I, I know you've worked hard to get to the, this point in your career. That, you know, just your education was hard work to get to this point. But then you've put experience in, in, in the lab after that. You don't want that to just be so that you get a paycheck at the end of the day. You, know, you want that to be so that you get some satisfaction out of your, your life and work, that you feel like you're making a difference in the world. You want to you wanna be able to push things, push things out into the world that are going to help mankind. Well... That, you have to understand that there are, there are a lot of businesses where that is not a possibility. It's, that's not in the cards. You know, and I'm not taking away from anybody who's in any other kind of field doing things because if we're doing something commercial that somebody values, they'll pay for it. Well, you're adding some value then. Otherwise, they wouldn't be paying for it. But here we're talking about adding value to life or sometimes even... <laughs> saving life or creating life that's a, that's an amazing thing so if you if you really want to accomplish that you got to get away from this control thinking and get more into the take take charge thinking like what you're hearing ready to supercharge your scientific career discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness 
Learn the importance of meeting your human needs, identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download. So I went out looking in the literature to see what does the literature say about this? Does it, does it talk about what happens to people when they're controlling versus when they take charge? And I found something interesting. I found the cure <laughs> for this. And the cure is self-control. So, um, and uh, there'll, be, there'll be two studies that'll be in the, uh, in the show notes on this. One of them is entitled, Yes, But Are They Happy? Effects of trait self-control on effective well-being and life satisfaction. The notion here is that it isn't about controlling others or controlling circumstances. The fact is there's the, the only thing you can actually for certain control is you. Self-control, it's, it's a novel notion. Now I realize that some people literally have uh, a, a, a you know, mental illness where they can't control themselves. That doesn't describe 99.99% of us. And I don't care if you've been diagnosed with ADD or HD, ADHD or, or depression or, or some other things that, that impact you. I'm not taken away from that. And I'm not saying that, that, you don't, that you can't be touched by those things. But the fact is, is that you can remain fully functional in the world if you shift your attention to this notion of being self-controlled. Um, and self-control, sometimes we think of it as just holding ourselves back. It's like, it's, it's when you don't blow up at somebody when, when they make a mistake, or uh, it's when you, don't, when you don't resort to physical violence in a situation where you're at risk. You know, yes, that is, that is self-control at its most, most basic level. But here I'm talking about the self-control of what, how you think and what you think about. What do you dwell on? Do you spend all of your attention on, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Oh, if I'd only taken all, all of this control earlier, I would have, I, I could have kept that from going wrong. Like, yeah, but did it, was it control of what you did or was it control of others? Was it control of the physical universe, you know, the, the physical reality, or was it of you? You know, because there, there are things that we do that, that you'll do in the lab where you, you can't have complete control over what's happening in your experiment. You have as much control as is, is available to you. So the question can only be, did I, take, did I take charge of the part where it was up to me? Because, you know, as Nick said, you know, penicillin came out of an experiment that wasn't done poorly. It just didn't get the result he expected. He wasn't being sloppy. He, you know, that well that he knew of. We look back now and probably say, yeah, he was being sloppy. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, again, it was all he could do is what he was aware of. So, the 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 same is true for you in in any setting. And and think of all the benefits you get out of this. So if if you can just be here and now 
not be thinking about the past or worrying about the future, not be in someplace else thinking about something. You can be just here and now. That's the part you can control. You work on that. Work on what's right here in front of you right now. And automatically some things are going to happen. You're going to stop trying to control other people. And what's going to happen then is people will stop resenting you <laughs> because you're trying to dominate them. You'll, you'll be free to that. You won't have to do anything different with people. It'll be the things you stop doing with people. And it's funny how, how they'll pick up on that. And people, we've all had this situation where there's somebody that was really bugging us. And then one day we kind of realized, like, you know what? I'm not like that anymore. I wonder what changed. Or like, you know, I, I don't know why, but I just, I like Sally better than I used to. And it, that kind of stuff is just going to keep feeding out there. If, if you don't act responsibly, if you don't do what's available to you to do here and now, you're going to resent yourself. You're going to look back at that with disappointment in yourself. And, you know, we don't need that. And, and, and now, I, I want to point out that when you recognizing that, that, that there's been some failure and, and the buck has stopped at you, that's a very good thing. It's good to see that. But what I don't want you to do is then be ashamed about it, be in despair about it, or be angry about it. There's all these, these negative reactions to realizing that something was wrong and I'm the source that aren't helpful. But if you can just dispassionately see it, you know, Nick talked about not being attached to certain things uh, earlier. And it's, it's more than just detachment. It's, it's non-attachment. The, the reason I put it that way is that, you know, if, if I'm attached to looking good, I'm going to react really negatively if I don't look good. Whereas if I just blow it off and, I, and I'm detached, well, then I don't care if I look good or not. And I won't even notice opportunities to look good. Whereas if I'm, if I'm unattached, well, then in the here and the now, in this moment, oh, if there's an opportunity to look good, great, let's do that. And if there isn't an opportunity, let's not fight against things and try and make it that way. We free ourselves. All because of that self-control in that moment. Now, there's another thing that, you know, the, well, just the title of that one paper ought to point out to you. You know, uh, being happy <laughs> comes from self-control. You'll actually be happier if you use self-control. Another, another study that I'll, I'll reference is entitled, Why Are People with High Self-Control Happier? Well, that's a bold statement. They're just saying, this is how it is. Now we want to know why. Well, the second part of it is the effect of trait self-control on happiness as uh, mediated by regulatory focus. Now, we'll, we have talked about focus in, in other settings, and we will definitely talk about it again. But that's part of what this is, this notion of focusing on what you can do here and now. So the, the bottom line with this is if you want to be happy, stop seeking control. Take charge, use self-control, and this is going to allow you to be more successful. It's going to make other people like working with you and supporting you uh, 
easier, and it's going to just plain make you happier. And you can let go of the rest of this, because you never were going to be able to control everything anyway. That was, to call it a fantasy is, is almost elevated too much. It's a delusion. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It never has happened. And, and you probably know other people around you that act in that kind of controlling fashion. And you can see from them, are they happy? And are they succeeding in getting this, all this control they're seeking? Probably not. You know, and they're definitely, they're definitely not going to be happy. I don't even have to say probably about that. You know they're not happy. Well, we don't want that for you. We want you to have a joy-filled career doing important work and accomplishing things. So what do you think about self-control, Nick? Well, it just occurred to me that a lot of this stuff about, um, you know, wanting to control the outcomes and um, other people and so on, the, the root of that is fear. Because you're, um, you, you think you know what needs to happen and you're afraid of it not happening. Rather than you setting up um, you know, uh, an experiment to, to tell you what it's going to tell you, a person who you have hired uh, because they have a certain skill set and ability uh, and you set them up in the, you know, to do their job and you trust them to do their job and you know, act on it if they don't. You know, the, rather than doing that, you try and make it happen yourself. And that's about fear. And it strikes me that actually the main part of self-control is about just not allowing that fear to be the driver of your sure. intent. Of your, it doesn't drive, not allowing it to drive your intention. You know, there's a cure for fear is courage. And understand that courage is something, somebody who does something that looks brave to us, you know, a fireman runs into a burning building and you think, wow, that person is so courageous. Maybe, maybe not. Some people are, are, are thrill seekers. Some people actually, they get excitement out of that. And it didn't take courage to do that. Courage is something that happens when you're afraid, but you steal up and you take care of it anyway. That's what courage is. But it so, isn't, isn't courage a habit though? And oh, absolutely. That's, and, that, and that's where you see the people who, you know, they look like, as you said, they look like they're in control. They, they, you know, the, a fireman is an extreme example, but if you have... If you see someone who is, run, you know, the leader of a group, he'll generally be, or she would generally be the leader, because in that, in the moment where it's uh, there's something, you know, fearful, you know, that there, an, an outcome that is feared is about to happen, or at least an outcome that is not, you know, that's not what they want it to be, they'll they won't just sh shrink back and and uh, they will stand up, um, overcome their fear and and take charge, do what's exactly. needed to be done. And, 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 yeah. and, and that's the what you were... of fear. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, and it's not that they're not afraid. I'm sure if you're a fireman going into a burning building, you have to have fear because a level, you have to have flight or fight response happening because, you know, that would... Uh, um... If you don't, you're going to die. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but sooner or later, it's going to catch up with you. But but you feel that and it's that there's that book isn't it feel the fear and do it anyway I'm sure I've never read that book but I'm sure that's what, <laughs> what it says um, basically you step into that situation and um, and deal with it but you do you, you keep a clear head so that you can think on your feet and the more that you do that the more that becomes a habit and then you become one of those people who everybody goes oh yeah that guy he, or that girl she you know that person can, um, can is someone to rely on. And, uh, and, you know, 
and as you said, if you're always running away from things, then that's not a, a happy place to be. You know, you don't you, you don't get much um, self fulfillment out of that. You don't you don't get much sense of fulfillment out of that, and um, and then you allow events to take control of you rather than uh, the other way around. Right, and th- this notion of fear. I mean, there's a word we all know, but it's just a label. To one person, fear means means something very different than to another person. For some people, if I feel fear, that's a horrifying feeling. That's a terrifying feeling. For other people, I feel fear. It's excitement. It's 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 uh, it's um, it creates curiosity. Like what's going on? You know, uh, it's the same word. But, but we take it differently. And often it's actually, it's the same root feeling, but because we have labeled it as something, now, now it takes on a meaning. So in any given moment, you, you're, you'll find as you go through your day, you feel fear all the time. It's a normal, natural process. If it wasn't for fear, you know, humans wouldn't have survived this long. That You gotta know when... I'm being confronted with something that could eat me. <laughs> you gotta know that if I don't do something soon to find food, I'm gonna starve. You know, <laughs> and when it was black and white like that, it was simple. Now we've had the modern society and everything is so complex. But you can look back in your own life even. As a child, things were far simpler. I was afraid of the dark. I was afraid of falling down. You know, I... I just pure things. I get it. And then it was like, I'm afraid of falling down. Well, then was, I'm afraid to try that two-wheel bicycle. And and it just got more and more complex until now you find you're in a meeting and somebody says, hey, hey, Sue, could you put together um, the, the data on X? And you have this little moment of that thing you're labeling fear. Why? What happened? Well, you can deconstruct all that and find what is there that caused you to feel fear. But the, the important thing is here that if you're, if you're all about control, you might be in that meeting working very hard to make sure that nobody gives you an assignment. It changes everything because now you're, you're trying to control the situation. Or you get given a task and... Now, if you take charge of that, you can say, okay, yeah, I'd be happy to put that together, um, but I'm going to need until Friday to do that. Oh, okay. Well, you just took charge of the situation now. You didn't jettison the task. You, you still have the same feeling about it, but now you've, you've taken charge of the situation so that you can accomplish it. And when it's done, you'll get, you'll get the opposite of fear. You'll get, you'll get a good feeling out of it. So, you know, we're, well, that's, we're kind of going a little bit off topic there, but the point is, <laughs> Point, this could be a whole new episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the point of all this is we've talked about how control is, is not all it's cracked up to be. We've talked about how taking charge is better. We've talked about self-control is really the only answer to, to control in your world. Um, and, and we've got studies to back us up to, and hopefully conversation today has backed it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I would say just to add to that a couple of things. The, um one is that, especially in the kind of uh, 
say, boss, uh, supervisor to subordinate kind of relationship, that sort of control can appear to be a, a thing of strength, that, that, is, that you know, you're controlling someone else and that's the, they, therefore you are, you know, the superior one. But it's not, that's actually a position of weakness um, I, and lack of self-control. And um, so that's one thing to bear in mind that if you're in the situation where you are on the receiving end of someone else trying to control you. Um, and, uh, oh, there was something else, but I've forgotten. Oh, <laughs> uh, never mind. I, I think it was really good, but uh, if it comes <laughs> up, uh, we'll, uh, we can talk about it next time if it comes up. <laughs> okay. Comes back. So, so, so let me wrap it up with this. If you want to be happy, stop seeking control. And if you want to be happier yet, implement self-control and let go about everyone else. Yep. Okay. Thank you very much, Ken. That was, again, another very insightful installment. Um, before we head off, I'll just remind people um, that if you want to see uh, or to listen to all of the episodes of The Happy Scientist or see what other episodes are available, you can go to bitesizebio.com forward slash The Happy Scientist. And all the uh, episodes and show notes are there, including the show notes for this uh, episode, which is number, what number is this? 23, wow. Um, Number 23, and uh, in there you can find uh, links to the the studies that Ken cited uh, during, during this episode. Uh, you can, if you want more, you can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the happy scientist club, all one word. And uh, we'll have some bits and pieces in there that you will find interesting if you like this stuff. Uh, and before we go, also just remember that episodes one to nine of the podcast, um, we talk about the foundational principles of human needs, core mindsets and charisma factors, which we refer to in uh, this and other episodes so if you find this um, material useful, it might be uh, good for you to go back and listen to episodes one to nine if you haven't already done so. And again, you can do that at bitesizebio.com forward slash the happy scientist. So that just leaves us to wrap up and say thanks again, Ken. And yeah. we'll see you next. We'll see you next time. Okay. Bye now. scientist is brought to you by bite size bio your mentor in the lab bite size bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of phd scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the bite size bio community
Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist Reference Pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.